And so one of the really coolest things that I got to see was, first of all, our church, before we even had the current building that we're in, when we were meeting in a gym and setting up every week, we started helping uh, Ben to purchase a building for his church and to refurbish mm -hmm. it. So I got to see that building uh, with my own eyes. I got to preach in it. I got to sleep in it. And it was amazing. They've done a really good job with this building. And having that building at the time that they did was just an incredible timing. Welcome to this week's Sermon Extra. This is our weekly video in which we go a little bit deeper on the sermon or we talk about something which maybe we don't have time to talk about on Sunday mornings, but it's really important and we want to communicate it to you, our church and our listening friends. So this week, I guess we really shouldn't call this a Sermon Extra, should we? Should we call it Missions Extra? I think it's a Missions Extra. It's a Missions Extra. And... Uh, Tell us why, Nate. Well, because Nick and Pastor Mike and I, we all just came back from a trip to uh, Ukraine and other places. Well, Mike is still not back yet. Yeah. So we're just going to talk about what we did, I guess. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about what we did. So first of all, some people, you know, we announced we're going on this trip to Ukraine and then we're going to some other places as well. So we went there and the first thing that we did, so myself, Pastor Nate, Pastor Mike, we flew together. We flew into Krakow, Poland. And we took a car. Nate, you have a car still in Poland from when you came out of Ukraine. And so we met up with a missionary in Krakow, a friend of ours, Josh Baldonado. And he helped us get set up with Nate's car. Um, then we just hit the road. So we arrived and then we drove and we ended up driving kind of almost all night because the very next day, we arrived on a Thursday, we had to be in Ternopil, Ukraine uh, for a conference that started on Friday. So we needed to be settled and ready to start the conference on Friday morning. So yeah, yeah. we got it at three in the morning, I think, to our hotel. In Ternopil, yeah. So that's a seven-hour drive from Krakow to Ternopil. Most of the drive, is, is it like half and half maybe in Poland versus Ukraine? Yeah, about, it's about half and half. Yeah. And luckily, we didn't have much... Praise the Lord, we only, we got to the border and uh, we were literally the next car in line, so. Yeah, sometimes that border can be really hard, but this time it was very easy, yeah. at least going into Ukraine. Yeah, coming out, it was a lot longer. Yeah, and that's always the case. So, um, now people might be wondering, like, why, why are we going over there? And so, you know, it's interesting, Nate, you used to organize conferences that I taught at and that Mike and I both taught at for years, you were on that side in Ukraine, organizing mm -hmm. the conferences, and now we're still going. Now you're coming over with us. So maybe give people that perspective, like why is it important? Why is it helpful? Why did you keep inviting us to come and why did we keep coming? Yeah, it was actually kind of surreal this trip because to be on the other side, to come in and everything's already going and just be kind of a guest. But uh, for me these conferences were always so vital even before the war because, you know, so many people, we can feel isolated and we have people uh, in churches spread out through Ukraine. And it was a chance for us to get together as leaders, not um, one part was for fellowship, but even more so just to, for us to get training. Cause most of the lay leaders, a lot of some of even the pastors have no formal training. And so uh, for all these years of having you and Mike come and a few other pastors that would come to these spring conferences, uh, and winter conferences was to get practical training from people who've been on it, you know, for you and Mike, 
being on the mission field, already having a relationship. But I think one of the biggest, besides the, besides the training, one of the most important things for us was the relationship and it just knowing that we're not, we're not alone, knowing that there's a church, a church and there's people in another country that is connected to us, invested in us and knowing that we're part of this greater cloud of witnesses. And, uh, back then it was super encouraging and, and built a lot of relationship, you know, knowing that you're coming back and, uh, and knowing you're coming back again. And so uh, just this trip and even last year's conference, having you and Mike there, I know is a very comforting thing, but also a very encouraging thing. And even now more than ever. Yeah. And I mean, we always end up, you know, speaking and teaching at these things and that's, that's an important part. But one of the things that I noticed and have said in conversations with our friends and leaders over there in Ukraine is just that, um, just being physically present with them, spending time uh, with them, talking about them, what's going on in their lives, ministry, uh, getting to hug them and just sit with them, that that is uh, very important. You can't do that. You can't hug somebody over Zoom. Yeah, and it's it's actually, you know, as many of you, if you've seen the sermon extras before, I, I've been, been going since the war started uh, and we, my family evacuated out of Ukraine two years ago. This is my eighth trip back in. And one thing that I always hear, and I'm sure you heard it too, is just thanks for for remembering us. Thanks oh, for coming back. Yeah, like just the fact that we come back, and they're in such a critical time. And some of these people are so emotionally and mentally exhausted. Uh, the fact that we come back, it's just it's like a, a it's like a cup of cool water for them. Yeah, and I think there's also the that matter of like helping those church leaders understand. And also, I think helping our church here in mm-hmm. Colorado understand that we are part of something bigger than just our local gatherings and our local community, that we're part of this global body of Christ. And of course, we have our, our network of churches that we're a part of through Calvary Chapel. But, you know, there were people that we worked with on this trip who were not Calvary Chapel. The point is that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to let them know that they're not alone. And we need to ourselves know that the body of Christ is this big global thing. I remember going originally, the, the thing that got me into uh, missions and stuff was that I went to a couple trips when I was 18 years old and it just struck me so powerfully. Like the body of Christ is bigger than I ever realized. It's global. And we who have resources have an obligation to those who are weaker, right? The stronger parts of the body have an obligation to those parts that are weaker. And in some ways you could say that, well, they might be weaker in resources. They're certainly not weaker in faith. I got to tell you that. Yeah. Actually, part of the reason I end up on the mission field too is uh, mission trips, you know, several into Ukraine, but even when I was 16 years old, I went to Ecuador on a trip. And when you see the body of Christ, it's so much bigger and it's interesting what you said about resources. We have resources, but I'll tell you what, the things I always got when I would go on those trips in the past and even now is there's something about their faith that like challenges me to reexamine the culture I'm in today in America. Mm. That, man, if these people, if there's people in another country in difficult situations are passionate about their faith, passionate about sharing their faith, passionate about community and growing a community, like why can't I do that here? Yeah. 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 That's really good. Okay. So the first thing that we did, we arrived. And now I want to say one other thing that we brought over with us 
a team of counselors. Now, mm. there's a counseling organization that I'm connected to here in Colorado. And so we helped. I didn't involve our church in this, but we helped fundraise for them on the side to help them be able to come on this trip. And uh, thankfully, all the money came together that they needed. They brought three counselors. Uh, one of them is based here in Colorado. Uh, another one is based in Athens, Greece, but she's American. And then the third one, I actually don't know where he's based. Um, but right. yeah, but we we all met up together in Ternopil. And the way it worked was in the mornings, you know, we talked about how we would do like leadership training in the past. Well, now we're still doing that in a way. But we're having these Christian biblical counselors talk about trauma, what it does to people. And now this is kind of twofold, right? Because the people who are attending this conference, they're pastors and leaders from all over Ukraine. And on the one hand, many of them have experienced a great deal of trauma. On the other hand, uh, many of them are, I mean, all of them are ministering to people who are experiencing ongoing trauma. So it's not just like how to recover from trauma. It's like, how do you manage? How do you still serve people? How do you go on as a leader? And, and what does that look like? And mm -hmm. so they were doing a little bit more of that technical counseling side in the morning sessions. And then we would come in with Bible studies that are relevant. We All of our Bible studies came from 2 Corinthians. And the title for the conference was Church in Time of Crisis. And we were teaching from 2 Corinthians. Uh, I had a message about um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I was talking about uh, possessing nothing, but or having nothing yet possessing everything in Jesus and how the gospel makes us resilient. You had a great message about the theme of like home, which really resonated yeah. because, you know, that was your home. And yeah, I just shared uh, something I shared about what my personal story is, you know, I'm not at home and I, I've been in for, this is my fourth place I lived in the last two years coming to Colorado. And do we sometimes, oh, that, that desire for home is so deep in us. And then the reality is, is, the deepest place that we're going to be home, loved, accepted, safe is in heaven. And just that that hope of heaven makes us resilient. And uh, I heard a lot of great feedback from people just saying that, you know, in the midst of this trial, you know, we talked to people that are ministering and living in places they didn't live before. And all, most of their family is gone. They're, the whole population has shifted. And this idea about home, this longing for home, and then when you get home, it's not, doesn't feel like home anymore. And, it can make you feel hopeless. And then, but people are saying just getting our eyes on heaven and realizing that's our eternal home and that's a place that's going to be solid for us forever mm. was really encouraging to people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my message was really more about like, how do we keep from drowning under the weight of burden and responsibility in a time of crisis? And then Pastor Mike's message was um, a lot about how the gospel gives us, well, no, sorry, about how suffering gives us credibility. And it gives us an opportunity to have a more powerful witness. And so, okay, what happened after the end of the conference? Well, we all we all went different directions. Uh, Pastor Mike stayed in Chernobyl and, and preached the Sunday service. Uh, I went, I got a car with a good friend of mine, uh, Leosha, and we drove six hours through the Carpathian Mountains to a city called Mukachva, to a Calvary Chapel in Mukachva, and I got to teach there on the Sunday service and uh, I had, uh, it was just a really great time. And then I got to go on to uh, visit 
my my closest friends, uh, Antonio and Julia, who were a big part of our church. They were basically our worship leaders, youth group leaders, were everything, and we had a just encouraging time. But then you went. Well, you so wait, hey, those were all people. I think this is oh, yeah, interesting. Sorry. No, those are people from your church in Kharkiv yeah. who evacuated from Kharkiv and are now living uh, in Western Ukraine, and you got to connect with them. Yeah, that's something that I always try to do is to connect with as many people from my church as possible. And thank God, most all of them have gotten plugged into different churches. Some of them in Calvary chapels, some of them in Baptist churches or wherever. Just the encouragement is always you got to just bloom where you're planted. If God's put you in that city, find a place to be a part of. And it's been exciting to see some of them get really plugged into churches. Some of them are still struggling. But again, I also, we don't want, we want them to know that they're never forgotten. They're with us. And, uh, you know, usually my wife, even like our suitcases are full of presents for everybody. And yeah, uh, yeah it was just, it, it's a huge blessing. I, I, I love this church in Whitefields. I'm excited to get to know more people. But part of my heart is always with the people of my church and, from Harkov. I mean, now we're, the Church of Harkov is scattered across the world, but my heart is with him. And thank, I'm just such, I'm so glad that, uh, you know, this church has been a part of all my trips. And this church has been a huge part of me allowing, being, me being able to continue to connect and bless people of our church. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you mentioned then I went somewhere. I went to Svitlovotsk, which is in central Ukraine. It's uh, near the big city of Dnipro, if you're if anybody's familiar with that. It's kind of like north of Dnipro, like an hour and a half or so. And so, um, yeah, I was there. That's much closer to where the fighting is. I mean, we, we literally drove nine hours and just like in a straight line east. And it's crazy how big that country is. I, I always forget like that is like it's the biggest country in Europe. And I mean, we drove a really long way. So nine hours. And you're um, not even halfway across. I know, not even halfway. Yeah. So we got there. It's right on the Dnieper River. And uh, we, uh, I visited this church, Ben Morrison. He's been at our church many times. We've supported him for years. I mean, like many years, maybe one of the first people that we started supporting actually. And so, um, Another thing that we did with Ben is that we've been kind of connecting him with some aid organizations. And so one of the really coolest things that I got to see was, first of all, our church, before we even had the current building that we're in, when we were meeting in a gym and setting up every week, we started helping uh, Ben to purchase a building for his church and to refurbish mm -hmm. it. So I got to see that building uh, with my own eyes. I got to preach in it. I got to sleep in it. And it was amazing. They've done a really good job with this building. And having that building at the time that they did was just a incredible timing because people, as they were fleeing from the front lines, they were able to, and they, yeah, you we, my family, when we were evacuating out, that was our, that was the first place we stopped that we felt a semblance of safety and we had lunch there. We were able to sit and cry and, and then move on. So yeah. it was a blessing for us. They have a commercial kitchen and they, they just have a ministry of like cooking food. There's a lady in the church and she just cooks. That's like her ministry, cooking for all the people that are passing through, uh, refugees and displaced people from the East. And they're still having those people come in. Now, you know, it's interesting that in Ukraine, a lot of people have left the country and there's, there's apartments available in a lot of places. And so now a lot of those internally displaced Ukrainians are no longer just staying at the church. They're getting them apartments in town and things like that. And so I stayed at the church. I ate, you know, from that kitchen and I preached on Sunday and it was just, it was, it was a great time. And, um, I preached this message on second Timothy, um, 
where it's at the end of Paul's life and he's talking about uh, the things that really matter to him at the end of his life, you know? And I remember at one point I said that I read the phrase just out of the Bible where Paul says, you know, send Mark to me. I need him. Uh, everyone has abandoned me except for Luke. Luke's the only one who's here with me. And when I said that, um, Ben's wife, Lena, who was translating for me, she, she started crying, you know, and just, cause I, I touched a chord. I mean, that's what they've been feeling. So many people who they loved, are no longer there anymore. People have come through. The work is hard and exhausting. And so just had the opportunity to serve in the church. Uh, that was great. And I met up with Mike Payne's son, James, who of course is from our church and he led worship so many times as in the, you know, over the last year before he moved to Ukraine. So all of you know James Payne really well. So James is living in the city of Zaporizhia. He's helping with aid uh, on the front lines. And so I could tell how important it was for him that we got to spend a lot of time together. Oh, and uh, it was so cool. Unfortunately, he didn't get to see Mike because he had some things with some paperwork he had to get done where he wasn't able to travel to Western Ukraine. Um, but I was so happy I got to spend two days with them. And then those that counselor team, they kind of came after me. And then on uh, Monday, so the day after I had preached on Sunday, they, they arrived and they did a conference, a three-day conference, which was specifically for frontline workers. Um, but I mentioned that we we got to, you know, connect Ben and Lena's church and Sweet Levotes with some aid organizations. So that was one of the really cool things. A member of their church who's in charge of overseeing aid, she took me down in the basement of the church and the basement's just full of these boxes that they distribute to people. And they said, there's so many people. If you think about it, a lot of the people who work in that town they work in, in their town in particular, it's the energy infrastructure. It's like um, a power plant that's there in their city. And guess what is being bombed all the time is energy infrastructure. So a lot of these people who had jobs, now they don't have jobs and they're, they are dependent on this aid. And uh, it's just really cool to see how God is using that church uh, there in Sweet Levotsk. So after that, like you came in your car from Western Ukraine. Mike was already, he had just, he never left Chernobyl. And then I took a 12 and a half hour train. I was like, wow, what a big country, right? 12 and a half hour train uh, from Sweet Levotsk uh, to Chernobyl. We spent the day in Chernobyl meeting with uh, Zhenya, who's visited our church. He's the coordinator for Calvary Chapel in Ukraine. And we just had a meeting with him about like, what are their plans for the future? How does our church help and partner with them? And one thing you may not know um, is that our church is handling a lot of the finances from churches, let's say, in the United States who want to give to help Ukraine. A lot of that's going through white fields. And so we had um, a lot of discussions about that. And they're just so thankful for our partnership. So, so then what happened, Nate? Well, then we left Mike. Uh, he had a new journey. He went, he continued on with John, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, we, my, you and I, we drove back to Poland, and uh, the next day, that was on Wednesday, right? Yeah. We met with some missionaries. Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, oh, we for, did. Oh, yeah. We, we drove back into Poland, and before we flew out, we met with, again, with Josh Baldonado, and then who's the other Another guy? missionary named Jesse Hewn, who's uh, north of Krakow. It was just really great, and it seemed like they made a good connection, yeah. too, so hopefully that'll be an encouragement. But it was just a blessing to hear for them what, what's going on, and I know for them it was it seemed like an encouragement just to, 
to make the connection with us. And so, like, I flew back the next morning. Well, we both went to the airport. I flew back here to Denver, uh, to Denver Airport, and then you flew on to... To Belgrade, Serbia. And but, we'll talk about... So let's talk about Mike real quick, yeah. and then I'll talk about Serbia. Yeah. So Mike went with jo John Markey, another one of our missionaries. He's a musician uh, who leads a, a really fabulous ministry, but he's also a pastor. And so John and Mike, they drove across all of Poland into Hanover, Germany, which is just west of Berlin. And they did a conference there at a church um, for, it was like a conference for Ukrainians who are at this church. Yeah. And actually there's actually people from my church oh, yeah. that have been there as refugees. And I've gotten to go twice already with John to that church. It's an amazing church. And yeah. there's a big group of Ukrainians there. So for me, it was very a blessing to know that those guys were going to minister to people that yeah. were part of my church. Yeah. And again, like communicating, they're not forgotten. Like, yeah. and, um, we care about them and yeah, so that was cool. So they did that conference. I heard it went really well. Mm -hmm. And then Mike preached on Sunday morning at Calvary Hanover. Oh yeah. And then, so I flew to Belgrade, Serbia. And so I had, um, you know, I know some people from back then, uh, Serbia and Hungary have a very close connection because the Northern Serbia has a lot of ethnic Hungarians. In fact, the Calvary Chapel movement in Central Eastern Europe started actually in Yugoslavia and then moved up into Hungary. Uh, but Yugoslavia was like the place where it all began. And so of course, you know, Yugoslavia broke up. Now that area is Serbia. And so I flew into Belgrade and there's a church planter there. Uh, his name is Danny Zahoriansky. And Danny went to Calvary Chapel Bible College in Hungary, um, but he's from Northern Serbia. And then he and his wife, Wendy, they went and planted a church. They pioneered a new work south of Belgrade in central Serbia in the city of Kragujevac, which is a city of 220,000 people. But check this out. In this city of 220,000 people, their church is the only Protestant church. Like there aren't even like bad churches. This is the only Protestant church that is in the city and perhaps has ever been in this city which is just incredibly mind-blowing, yeah. right? So, of course, there are Orthodox churches, but he told me, I mean, the Orthodox, like the even like attendance and belief, I mean, it's it's very much non-existent. Orthodoxy in, in Serbia, at least in this part of Serbia, is much more about identity. I am Serb, therefore I'm Orthodox, more than it is about actual belief. He said there are people who who do, who are Orthodox and read the Bible, but they're like an extreme minority. So he started the church by, he started this thing called Bible club. That was how he started the church. And Bible club was this thing where he, people would come and like, Hey, you want to know the Bible? And he would just like teach the Bible. And like people came and amazing, right? Because, you know, these people in a way they're inclined to be, to think positively and be open to the Bible. Um, and yet that doesn't necessarily mean that they know the Lord or that they believe. So he started this Bible club. And from that, then they started a church. They've been there now 12 years. They have a church of 40 people. Now, let me just say 40 people in the city of Kragujevac studying the Bible, being born again and believing that is a miracle of God. Like that is a work of God. And this guy, Danny, I mean, he's like, that's what I was thinking about this whole trip is like these guys over there that we're working with, man, what heroes, what heroes of the faith, the guys in Ukraine, you know, ministering in the midst of this incredible difficulty, Danny pioneering a new work in Southern Serbia. Like this is incredible. So check out these statistics. He told me that South of Belgrade, 
and including the city of Nish, which is like 400,000 people. So this whole area of southern and central Serbia, there are a total of nine Protestant churches. Basically, like the Reformation never reached south of Belgrade. And, um, and it still shows that to this day. So I met missionaries from YWAM. I met missionaries from other groups, you know, that were down there doing missions work. And they're just all telling me. They're like, one guy's like, I lived in this city of 60,000 people in Western Serbia. And there were just like, there was like one Christian that we knew in the whole city, like a born again believer. And, um, and there were no churches, like none. And so, um, for example, at Danny's church, there's a family that drives one hour every week to come to church. And they also lead a home group in their own city. And now they're preparing, like, how can we turn that home group into its own church? And they're just starting to proliferate these home groups in all these cities as they meet people. And just excited about planting churches all over Serbia. And I'm just saying, like, man, that is like such an unreached and unchurched area. And it's just mind blowing and it's kind of like really exciting. So not only was I there visiting Danny and his wife, but we led a conference about like training Bible teachers. Now I'm part of this group, Expositors Collective. We do this a lot in the US. We did one in Budapest a few years ago, but we did this one in Serbia and we just kind of put it out there. Like originally it was just for eight guys from Danny's church. And we said, well, we'll do it in Belgrade because it's more central and maybe we'll get some people from other parts and maybe even other countries. And we ended up getting hosted by the largest Protestant church in all of Serbia, which is in Novi Sad, which is a city of half a million people in northern Serbia. And um, so we put it out there and we ended up having 50 people attend this thing. We had people from Hungary who came down uh, over the border to attend. We had people from Bosnia who came, uh, church leaders in Bosnia. We had even two guys came from Macedonia, like the Republic of what's now called North Macedonia. And, um, they drove 700 kilometers to attend this thing. Just like somewhere around 400 miles, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's far, man. Yeah. Like, and especially over there, I mean, gas costs almost four times what it costs here. Yeah. It, yeah. It was like more than $6 a gallon at least. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I guess it depends on the country, right? Sometimes it's, oh, sometimes it's double, eight, yeah. sometimes it's triple, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. it's expensive. That's the point. Yeah, it's so expensive. Yeah. yeah so this guy came from uh, North Macedonia. And then we had leaders from all over different church groups. I mean, it was like, and we're just teaching them how to teach and preach the Bible and talking about how we're helping to train church planters. And man, so exciting to see what God's doing there. And it just feels like wide open, like there's so much opportunity and like pray to the Lord of the harvest that he raises up workers to send into his harvest field because the fields are white for the harvest. Which by the way is where our name for our church comes from. White fields. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean, that is the thing that like we talked about earlier about, you know, going on missions trips opens your eyes to see what God... Yeah meet other believers, see what God's doing, but you also see opportunities. And I think that that is such an important thing for us to share. And I know, I know, for instance, we have, uh, this summer we're doing an English camp in, in Hungary, in Hungary. In and I think I encourage people to go to that. If they want to know, you can contact the church office because I think that that, uh, now I warn you, if you go on a mission trip, uh, just be ready to have your life messed up. I mean, in a good way, just because, once you see what God's doing in other parts of the world yeah. and you see 
the opportunity, what God wants to do in other parts of the world, you see the needs, uh, it could change the trajectory of your life. Now, I'm not saying for sure, but yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a very eye-opening. Yeah. And there's lots of ways to be part of it, right? We're not just saying that the only way to be part of it is like to travel across the world. Yeah. But I mean, the generosity that people in our church have shown, that generosity is making a profound impact around oh, the world. Absolutely. I mean, I could tell you as a receiving for years of you guys coming and then support we had, you know, support we've had to go on these trips, uh, seeing like seeing like finances go and actually give people opportunities to see their lives changed. You know, we've there are certain uh, Ukrainians right now that are ministering in some amazing places like in Nezhen and other places. Uh, that as you know, as God's people give, they have they can have a global impact, and it's so it's so important. Yeah, I mean that guy. Yeah, the guy in Nijin, uh doing that, like Vadim. He, you know, he's got so many opportunities, and he just needs like just like a little bit of money to get these things done. Yeah. And the money goes so far there, and we were able to support him to do these camps for children. I mean, it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, when people here give, it can have a real global impact. And mm -hmm. us keeping these relationships up, I think, is really important. By the way, Danny, you know, in Serbia, he told me they feel so incredibly isolated. They said even within their own country, he has asked pastors to come and visit. And he's told me like two times, like other Serbian pastors came to visit. And it's like um, the people are like, I don't know, man, that's really far away is basically what they say. <laughs> and like and he's like, well, how how meaningful it is like when we go over there and, and be with him and like see his city and where he's ministering and just be there on Sunday morning. Like it was, yeah. it was good. Well, it was like, for me, it was just a blessing to be able to be there in that city, that coverage up at Makachua and just meet, meet with them, like encourage them. But they also encouraged me. And like I said, every year before the war, you, you would come visit us in our church and people in our church looked forward to when's Pastor Nick coming, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, you still have all your running stuff, running clothes in my house, so. And you uh, get, get running again and, yeah, get those clothes back. Yeah. And, yeah. So you got to heal up and the war's got to end. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's such an impact that, you know, we can have for the kingdom broader than, but at the same time, it also comes back to where we are now because we see what God wants to do over there, but it also reminds us that God wants to work here. He wants Absolutely. to work in our jobs and our schools and our communities through us. That's right. Well, cool. So, yeah, we'd love it if you would just continue to connect with everything that we do uh, related to outreach. And again, like Nate said, global outreach and local outreach. That's what our church is about. We're not just, we don't, we understand the mission of God is not just over there or over anywhere. Mission of God is right here, right now. And so we're all about that as a church, 100% devoted to the local mission, 100% devoted to the global mission. And uh, yeah, what an exciting thing. I always tell people, if anybody ever said that like living the Christian life is boring, <clears throat> like what that person hasn't, they haven't yet started to live the Christian life in my yeah, opinion, absolutely. because I would say it is the most exciting purpose-filled, meaningful thing you can ever do in your life. And it will always keep you. Uh, there's always more. There's always something to do. And man, I just want to be part of it for the rest of my life. I'm going to. Yeah. All right. Hey, God bless you guys. If you haven't done so yet, like and subscribe to this video. Uh, subscribe to our channel. Check us out, whitefieldschurch.com. And um, yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share this with other people if it was encouraging to you. We'll see you all again next week.